Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children 18 plus, you are tuned in to the Lone Officer Podcast with me, Dustin Owen, and a very special guest, my friend for the past decade plus, Steve Richmond. Steve, welcome to the Lone Officer Podcast. Hello. Thank you for having me. And I'm going to... I'm already going to argue with you. Okay. If you're under 18, you can still watch, man. I have no problem. I don't, I don't have to be 18 plus. We're, we're, we're all family friendly. It's all good. Well, you know, we are. And I do a good job of curbing some of my language. And if I don't, John does a really good job of bleeping out the parts that I um, will, will sometimes just get overly excited and I use choice words. So, but 18 plus is kind of our shtick. It's kind of like who we are. We're letting the audience know that, hey, look, we're coming at you. We're coming at you raw. Uh, we're going to be real. And we're going to let you know the world according to us based on our experiences. What I want to do today is introduce the world to you, to those that don't know you. Like, I'm very fortunate that I met you years ago because, in my opinion, you were one of the best public speakers that I was fortunate enough to attend a conference and hear you speak. Right now, at the time, you were with this mortgage insurance company that was called Genworth. It's now called Enact. Actually, when you met me, it was called GE. Okay. So I, we, we went through, sorry. One of the things about public speaking, the better your memory, yeah, you know, you get yeah. that recall to be able to just throw it out there and make that happen. So yeah, it was GE Mortgage Insurance. Then it was Genworth Mortgage Insurance. It is now Enact Mortgage Insurance. So we, we've gone yeah. through those three generations, if you will, or iterations is a better word. Yes. And you were the national spokesman. Yes. That was my title for you. I don't know if that was your title, but that's the title I would tell people. Oh yeah. Have you heard Steve Richmond with GE Genworth now in Enact? He's the national spokesman. And in today's beautiful world, I changed that actually to the spokesperson. Spokesperson? Yes. I, I wanted to make sure yes. that, you know, I don't want anybody to go, oh my gosh, can I, can I, did it. We're all good. Well, now, if if you um, were a lady, I would have said spokeswoman. Like, right. I, I tend to even not even go neutral. I just go straight at it. I probably shouldn't, huh? But like, if you were Stephanie and not Steve, I'd be like, yeah, she was the national spokeswoman for Genworth Mortgage Insurance. Well, sometimes you got to get in touch with your inner Stephanie. So I have no problem with that either, right? <laughs> but I, I think that's a huge thing. You know, just looking out, you said, hey, let's go get real and all that. I, I was at this conference where we are and I, I went to something called Empower and it, it's a, about women. It's a women's conference and it's promoting women and step up, lean in and step up to the table and raise your hand. And I'm hearing all these stories. I'm like, a, I think maybe I am a woman because they're like, hey, you should do all this. I'm like, well, I should too. I said, and you said, oh, it's 18 plus. My son's 25. I'm like, I wish you were there. Just knock out the word woman. You should be doing all those things yes. also. It has nothing to do with your gender or age. It's everybody should be well, doing well, those things. Well, let's talk about where we are because we oh. haven't told the audience where, I mean, you live in North Carolina. I live in Florida, but we're in San Diego, California right now. You know, not a bad place to be. We're no. overlooking the water, even though the lighting doesn't work. But my gosh, this view is Phenomenal. Yeah, right. So when when John and I set up the 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 remote podcast studio, yeah, I had this grand idea of I made sure I got a room with a great view, and we were going to look out over the bay and see the sailboats, and you can actually see some of the military helicopters and planes going by, but the lighting sucks. And, and, and <laughs> so, let me, but I agree that the lighting was not good. But listen to me. Still a great room. I don't know what he paid for this thing, baby, but he laid down some coin just to shout, have me up in here. Hey, shout out happen. to Marriott. That's I'm a Marriott right. guy. Boom, 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 boom. I'm a, I'm a Marriott guy. We're at the Marriott Marquis. Shout out to Marriott. I use points. I was going to say, throw I the points, points on the table and life's yes. good. Yes. Now, you're not with 
Jen Worth slash Enact Me More. Correct. Right? You are now the national spokesperson, brand ambassador for Van Dyke Mortgage. Yeah, I get to make up my title wherever I go. So yeah. yes, I am with Van Dyke Mortgage. I'm the national uh, national director of strategic growth and branding. Well, so I want to lean into that. I want to find out what that what that is because I want you to maybe share some of the information that you're sharing with with the the good folks over at Van Dyke with our audience. Um, but I also want to talk about your story and your journey because it, it it plays into a lot of things that that we talk about on the show or even the questions that we feel. Like the best part about the show is people watch it on YouTube. Uh, people tune in and listen to it, whether it's like Spotify or, or Google Play or Apple. But on the YouTube channel, at The Loan Officer Podcast, wink, wink, nod, nod, you can comment. So people comment. There's a really cool uh, back and forth going on. People will hit us up on LinkedIn, which is always a good way to get a hold of me. And the questions that they ask, a lot of times it's just career advice they need, right? And you have a really cool career story because you have your JD. You went to college to be an attorney. And then what happened? Did you ever become an attorney? Oh, yeah. Okay. I mean, I was in court every single day for four years. I, I was the person, it was like, I'd walk in the office and they'd hand me the folder and I'm like, okay, I, I did everything, anything that needed litigation that was not criminal. I did a little bit of criminal, like speeding tickets and stuff like that. But I was like, I'm not going into that criminal law stuff. But, but that was decades ago. I guess it was about oh, 92 to 96. I did it for four years and I was miserable every single day. And I, it, got, it, it was bad. I, I was not happy. Mm -hmm. um, and my wife, God bless her. I mean, she has to put up with this. Been together since 1988. I met her in seventh grade. No we way. went to junior high, high school and college together. What we a started cool story. dating as juniors in college. We said, should we be more than just friends? It's like, okay, let's try. And hey, it's 2021 and we're still trying, right? Yeah. And there we go. So um, I, I would say, I'm so unhappy. She says, I don't want to live with you for the next 40, 50, 60 years. If you're going to be like, go do something else. It's fine. You got the law degree. It didn't work. Go find something else. And I'm like, who are you? You're okay, an so, amazing woman. So it's so a cool story. You grow up. Obviously, you're a good student. You get your bachelor's degree. You then apply to law school. You get into law school. You're telling me off camera, really cool story. You were what year one into law school. And at that point you had an inclination, uh, like an idea or inclination that you weren't going to like it. I, it was more than an idea and an inclination. It was, <laughs> I, I knew it. I, yeah. I'll tell you exactly what happened. So I'm sitting there. It's now second semester. So, so we're into the winter getting into the spring and we go on spring break or right. And I go home. Daytona Beach, baby. No, it was um, 7910 Stevenson Road, Baltimore, Maryland with yeah. Linda and Manny's house. Okay, that, 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 That's where I was doing my spring break. And I went in and I said to my dad, I'm like, I'm, I'm done. This is not for me. These are not my people. This is not my life. Steven, I'm Steve now. Yes. I'm, I'm grown up now. So now <laughs> I'm Steve. But Steven, just do me one favor. Finish school. I'm doing, let me take a one year break. I'm, you're never going to go back. Finish, get the degree. It's important. So I was like, okay. You know, when dad tells you to do something, you go do it. At least back then. Yes. That's what we did. So I did it. Grind it out, baby. And I went in. And, and then for four years, I was in court every single day. Every single day. You get into the public speaking, right? I always knew if I was going to be a lawyer, I, I had to be a courtroom attorney, right? Because I'm, so, I'm so a you, lot of mouth. So you knew early on. You know, early on, this is a skill set and a talent that I have and something that I, I want to do more of. Oh, I, I probably knew that I was a good public speaker. I, probably the first time that I ever realized what it was, I was in high school. 
and we're over at my friend's house, and, and her name's Amy. Okay. And she, you know that when you're in high school, you have that one friend that like the parents hang out to, mm -hmm. and it's okay, and it, it's all, you know. So we're all sitting there, and we had a friend, and he was a rather wealthy kid, who came from a wealthy yeah. family. And I stood up one day, and I called him the poor little rich boy, and I did about a 30-minute shtick routine, whatever. And, and I mean, in front of all of our friends, you know, there's 20 people sitting in this room, their parents were there and everybody's laughing. I'm like, that feels good. Yeah. I, I like that. I, I, I like, uh, you know, grabbing that room and, and making it happen there. So that I didn't realize it at that time that that would lead me to where I am, but I did identify that skill and that feeling. So, so you finished law school because dad was like, Steven, gotta go. You gotta do Steven, it. Then, finish. Then, then you, you had a career as an attorney, not just any attorney, a trial attorney, right? Because there's many attorneys I'm, I'm under the understanding they don't go to court and they don't sit in front of a panel with that judges. Would be my, that would be my sister. Okay? okay. I mean, she has absolutely no idea. She calls me up. She's like, I, I got a speeding ticket. What do I do? I'm like, okay, because I don't even know where the courthouse is, yeah. right? I mean, she's just documents and reading them and flipping through them and that's what she does. But, but fast forward past that, you've been spending the past 20 years motivating others. Right. You you stand up and speak sometimes for hours at a time, motivating and entertaining others. Right. Like yeah. true, true story, watching you speak. And I bet I've, I've watched you speak at least half a dozen times over the years. And it's something that I make sure I, I go do because there's certain times we go to conferences. I look at the speaker lineup and I'm like, you know what? That may be a good time for me to go check email or that may be a good time for me to go get my run in. Right. But you were never one that, that did. And one thing that I, I learned from you that I want to make sure we do on the show is I want to make sure we do two things every episode. We need to entertain and educate. Now, if we can inspire and motivate, then we're hitting a grand slam, but I'm cool with doubles all day long, right? But doubles, it requires entertaining and it requires educating. You do that very well. So thank you. I've never had a chance to say thank you, but thank you because I've drawn inspiration from that. Well, it's funny you say it because I, people, oh, you're a motivational speaker. I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm a practical speaker because all I want to do, and if, success and where you're going to get, if that's motivating for you, then I guess I am a motivational speaker. But my goal is not to motivate you. I figure you're already listening. So you're motivated yourself. How can I help you get what you're trying to accomplish? Oh, I love that. So let's, I look at it. Let, let's talk more about that. So like you're in a different dude, I'm loving your ADD. I mean, no matter what we talk about, you're like we're going down that hole. We're yes. going down that hole. Yeah. Oh. It's like, but that's the trick of being a good speaker. A, be, a, seriously, everybody, you're not married to the slides that are on the screen behind you. If all of a sudden you got that good story and you can go down there and really drive that home, do it. Yeah. Because nothing bores people more than, hi, I've given this speech a hundred times and let me go read it off of this card and off of this screen. Everybody hates that. So when you actually divert, that's when people go, oh, they're going to say something different because this is unrehearsed. They're going to mess up. I got to go listen to this is now I'm getting a real, this is so important. They're blowing off what they thought they were going to say just to tell this story. And it's usually not even that good a story, but at least you got them there for that minute. Right? Well, you and I are going to, are going to jump into it. Cause I think the audience can eat up hearing you basically do what you do every day, right? Like your job at Van Dyke mortgage is to get out in the community as a brand ambassador, bring positive, attention to Van Dyke. You also are being Hope, Hopefully it's positive. It, it'll be positive. <laughs> we're we're going to hope it's positive. But, but, but you're also working with the executive team on, on making sure they're the most practical, uh, thoughtful leaders. And you're also working with their loan officers to make sure they're most productive. So you have some words of wisdom from your experiences that, that you can relate, or maybe it's just things you picked up along the way and you have the ability to use your talent 
to get that message across. So that's something that I do want to lean into. But yes, rabbit holes are very welcome on this particular show. And honestly, when I speak, I personally like less scripted and more Q&A. I would rather if you're giving me an hour, like, cool, I'll come speak for 25 or 30 minutes. But I want the next 30 minutes to be about the audience and what they want. Because I want to speak to what they want to hear, not what I want to say. Right. So, yeah, I prefer rabbit holes for that reason, because it lets us, you know, get some of the best and juiciest and meatiest content pushed out. And usually it's what people want. Well, let's let, we're, so let's go down that public let, speaking let, rabbit hole okay. right there. So we are in San Diego. We're in a conference. It was Saturday. And a woman, friend of mine, she comes up to me and she says, I just got tapped. I have to introduce the keynote speaker. The person who was supposed to be here did not make it. And I have to do it. There's about 500 people in the audience. I'm scared to death. You speak all the time. What do I do? I said, no problem. I'm going to sit there front row. You just look at me and talk to me. Then let the other 499 people, they're just eavesdropping in on our conversation. So just like you and I are having a conversation, and that's the whole point. If I'm just talking to you, they're just listening. I let them just listen and get those nuggets or whatever. But I'm just having a conversation with you, and all of a sudden, I'm afraid of public speaking. I'm like, have you talked to a friend ever? Yeah. I, I, used to, I used to teach public speaking okay. at, at a place called, it was Towson State University. It's now Towson University. And so I would just go in and, and the way that I would start class b before I even introduced myself. So I'd walk in five minutes early. I just sit down and I go, how you doing? Just to whoever was sitting at the desk next to I, I, I looked, I still look young. What can I tell you? So all right, I'm sitting there and I look at the person next to me. I'm like, how you doing? How, what year are you? And I just start talking to him. And then I'd stand up and like, oh my God, you're the teacher. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, who here likes public speaking? Nobody. I'm like, you just did it. You and I just had that conversation. We were in the front row and everybody was just listening. Why, what's the problem with standing up here and doing it than just having that one-on-one -on -one conversation? So Sage advice, what else do you have? Let's, let, let's lean into this. Let's talk about tips and tricks to become a better public speaker. Entertain yourself. Okay. okay. See, people do this and you did it. And I, I was like, mm, don't ask me these questions. You said, let's talk a little bit beforehand. I, yeah. No, it becomes so much more natural. It's so much more engaging when it, you're not, you need to be prepared that you know what your story is, but you don't have to know your story scripted, right? Yeah. Hey, I, you said I went to the game yesterday and this was really cool. And this is what happened. Fantastic. But you don't have to like tell every detail because if you go in and you're entertaining yourself and doing that whole story, that's where it starts to really come together. I'm all about the, that uh, extemporaneous, like extemporaneous speaking, and I'm not a scripted. And what I watch people do all the time when they do script, they knew they wanted to say this one word, and now they're working for that word, and now they can't remember that word, and now they're getting nervous about it, and then they start the, 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 the. just, you know what the audience doesn't know? What that you're going to say. Yes. They have no idea what you're up there talking about, so why not just tell them a story? One-on-one, -on -one. have a nice day. Oh, yeah, we can do water. Yes. Uh, I'm sorry, water. See, water. Water, water, baby. Water. We're going back to Balmer, hun. How you doing? Yeah, we, I, was, I was giving Steve a little bit of crap uh, before we, we turned the cameras on because I could hear his uh, Baltimore accent. It's thick, in baby. Thick. It's thick. Real thick. Hey. My, my family's from Maryland. And my dad washes his clothes. And I asked Steve, I said, well, you say water, but do you wash your clothes? And he said, no, but my grandmother, uh, she used to go to Washington, D.C. Absolutely. And I'm a Ravens guy, so just, you know, I'm, th I'm throwing that out there. I know you went to a baseball game the other day. So, I, uh, I love the Ravens. Love, I mean, I love them back from Ed Reed, um, Trent Dilfer. Um, I love number 52. 
I mean, number 52, Ray Lewis, is by far one of my favorite players ever. So, no, I can, I can get on that Baltimore Ravens uh, uh, bandwagon with yep. you all day long. I'm there. That, that is easy to do. Um, how about this? So, we, we're at the See, look annual. At, but, and now people just said, oh, my God, that's so cool. They're talking sports now. You go down that, it's unscripted, it's natural. That's what people want to do. So, when you're public speaking, that's your recommendation. If you're sitting in a, in a group of professionals or a class at Townsend University. Um, Townsend. Towson. There's no N in the middle, baby. Man, I'm Towson. from Orlando. We say Townsend. Towson Tigers. Towson. Right okay. there. Uh, where's Towson? Uh, off of 83, just north of the city. It's sitting right there. And, okay. um, you know, get some Bill Bateman's wings right after. I would do that. I'd speak at night, and then I'd walk down the hill, and then I'd go get my Bill Bateman's wings, and then I'd go home. So we're at the National Mortgage Bankers Conference, right? Yes. Like it, every year, it's, it's in October. Next year, it'll be in Nashville. I've been to Boston. You've probably been to Austin. Um, we're in San Diego now. You got here early, so you could participate in the empower aspect. So it's, it's broken out into um, segments. And empower right. is um, something that the, the mortgage industry is doing, trying to make it less white, old male. Well, it, it made me laugh as I'm watching the whole thing. They, they, I was talking to a woman, and she, she used this phrase, and I was like, okay, that's just too good. And I borrow it. She's like, yeah. I'm like, she goes, I'm looking out, and all I see is male and pale. Male and pale. <laughs> male and pale. So it was cracking me up. You, you got all these 50-year-old white guys going, hey, how do we reach out to women yeah. and people of color yeah. and the LGBT community? Yeah. And but, but we're a bunch of 50-year-old white guys yeah. trying to figure yeah. that out, you know? And yeah. it's like, oh, my gosh. It, it, and yeah, I wish so, there was an easy – well, there is an easy solution to it. It's just re, literally – how do we reach out? By reaching out. Yeah, but it's, just it's, talk to somebody. That's it's literally what it is. It's, it's, it's been a cool conference. There's like 5,000 of us out here. Like 5,000 mortgage professionals or people who support the mortgage industry all poured into San Diego and it kicked off Saturday with, with the Empower Group, which is empowering women in the mortgage industry. You participated. I didn't get out here till late Sunday, so I was unable to participate in that. But I met with various colleagues and vendors and we talked a lot about diversity and inclusion. We talked a lot about um, low to moderate income and how do we get more people into houses um, with affordable payments and how do we help them create wealth through home ownership? What does 2022 look like? You know, are, are we going to see a drastic fall? Are rates going to go up or is volume going to go down? Are people still going to buy houses? What's, what's all this going to do? And it's a lot of noise. It's things that you need to be prepared for. Um, I'm curious on your take though, what, what are you telling your loan officers your executives that, that look to you for, for your guidance and your leadership, what are you telling them about 2022 to 2025 and what they need to be focused on? Number one, refi is refi. Okay, that, that's just gravy. You, you, that's never your, your strategy. Mm -hmm. If your strategy is refi, you got a short-term strategy. I mean, we're off the public speaking. We're now back in the mortgage yep. game, right? Yep. So number one, refi, happy when it happens. But it, that's not your strategy. So obviously you're going for the purchase market. When I ever, oh, the inventory, the inventory. I will say this, amen that there's no inventory out there right now. And I know if you're a real estate agent or a mortgage professional, I need more inventory. If I had more inventory, I could do more loans. Stop. Right now we have more equity in home ownership in the United States of America than at any other time. And we also have a lack of inventory. What does that do? 
That is to me the big tell of why it's not 2008, 2009, the bubble all over again. Because back then when all of a sudden you're saying, hey man, my house is worth 200,000, I owe 300,000, I'll walk away. And now we have a glut of all these houses that are sitting there and nobody's there. Now you're saying, wait a second, my house is worth 300, I only owe 200. If you lose your job or you have to walk away, you're still what? There's no inventory. You can go sell it. And all of a sudden you have money to be able to pay your bills and, and continue amen. to survive. Yep. And I am, and you said, amen, every day during COVID and I don't like COVID and I, I'm, whatever, we don't have to get into that. And I'm, I, if you had personal bad experience about COVID, I'm very, very sorry for that. But every day I'm like, oh, I'm so glad I got out of law in the mortgage business because mortgage and real estate has been very good yes. during this time. Yep. And it, and that's what I, I'm telling people to focus on. There is, there is such a desire to own homes right now that yes, there's a lack of inventory, but this is not going to go away. I mean, this is, you're during COVID, you're doing one of the worst things that has happened in this country, you know, health wise and it's affected jobs and this and that. And guess what? Mortgage and real estate still going forward very strong. So purchase, purchase, purchase. I think, and I, I keep trying to beat the drum on folks, Call your real estate agents because real estate agents are staying. Don't, don't, I know, oh, it's all fintech. It's all going into that. You're still going to need the people. You still need the relationships. You're going to be able to go forward and do that. And that's back to the public speaking and making it. So you go in and do that. But so real estate agents are there. I think builder is where it's coming in. You got to start meeting with these builders and talking to builders because there is not, there are not enough houses out there right now especially for that first time home buyer, especially, I know you said, hey, the 18 plus crowd, there's plenty of houses for a 60 year old, a 70 year old, a condo, look at this lovely room we're sitting in. But when it, it comes, builder business is where it's gonna be because they're coming in and you watch what the administrations are doing and they're trying to encourage more and more first time home buyers and they're gonna get builder credits for it and stuff like that. Yeah, yep. I, I love your thought on leaning into builders. Um, like. Something that I'm encouraging our loan officers to go out and do is A, get good at public speaking, get more like Steve, become more like Steve, right? And get in front of the real estate community. What if they started teaching them how to create inventory? If inventory is an issue, what are we doing to create it? Do realtors really know the powers of a construction permanent loan, a CP loan? What if realtors were out there helping builders find lots so the builders could build a home and then the builder might not be a large national builder, maybe it's a smaller builder. So that smaller builder doesn't have a whole lot of cash, but if you can introduce that person to a lender, that lender has construction lending, you're out creating inventory. And then if the realtor is doing all of that, the builder should be willing to pay that realtor a 3% commission on a new construction home for three, four or $500,000. Same thing goes to the real estate investors. Are loan officers reaching out to real estate investors, introducing them to their realtors, so that the real estate investors can go buy homes that are maybe are in disrepair, fix them up so that you're creating new inventory. So I think these are ways that loan officers are gonna to have to get creative going forward, leaning into what, what you said about, hey, builders where it's at. Yeah, creating inventory. Creating well, inventory is where it's at. Where can you go create inventory? I would lean in in a in different direction. I wouldn't even talk about construction of perm because everybody thinks it has to be construction of perm. Most people that do business with a builder, they're not doing construction of perm program. Correct. Yep. So, so all of a sudden, right? Oh, it's construction of perm. No, it's not. Now you just told me it's something I don't know. Here, you a loan officer? Loan officer, I'm going to tell you, I'm not a practical speaker. I'm not a motivational speaker. Flat out, you go to a real estate agent 
you show them it's an app. It's called Remove BG, R-E-M-O-V-E, BG. BG stands for background. You show them Remove BG, then they take that app and they show it to their builder. I'm telling you that you just forged a relationship between that. Now we have the LO, the realtor, and the builder, and you have a relationship with all three because of that one app. See, stop talking so much about programs and da, da, da. everybody's throwing that kind of stuff, but now you're helping them grow their business. See, that's the whole trick to it. If you're helping somebody do that, that's the value add. If you're giving them something that they didn't know that they were going to get and that's nobody else had brought to them, now we're differentiating ourselves. So what Remove BG does is you can take your phone. Okay. And you just, whatever, or it's your computer, doesn't matter, iPad, I don't care what you're on. Take a picture because this is why I love it with builders. What's builder do? They build a house. So they got the spec house, but what's the last thing that they do on that house? I have no idea. I've never been to built a home before. Landscaping. Oh, okay. Right? They build the house. Yes, they're not worried it, about the landscaping. It's the last thing. So when you're a, a buyer, you're looking at that house and what do you see? Dirt. A pile of dirt. Yeah. So you go and take a picture of that house and then you go to the app called Remove BG and boom, and you do that and it removes the background. So all you see is the highlighted house. It's not a white background. It's, it's like floating in space. What'd you just do? You made that house featured and now you got rid of all the trash that's around it and the dirt and everything like that. And they're going, oh my God, you just helped with my marketing. You help somebody with their marketing. What happens? They like you. It's they like that you, they simple. Use you, right? Because everybody else is going, I've I got great rates, great products and great customer service. Oh, fantastic. Never heard that one before. I, you know, no one's ever walked up to a builder and said, hey, when it comes to customer service, that's not my niche. I mean, you know, I mean, they're just <laughs> not going to say that. I can look at anybody's website. I know what it says on page one. We're great at customer service. Okay, so now you better be. That's that, Being great at customer service is baseline. That's an expectation. That's a requirement to be in business today. That's not a differentiator. If you're not good at customer service, you'll be out of business. Facts. So, so you, you just... It, Stop telling me how great you are at it. Do it. Show it. Yeah. That's what we need to do right there. I'm sorry. I, I, no, see, I we go down this. those right. rabbit holes, Let's baby. go. Wind him let's up go. and let that, him that's go. That's what it is. Boom, boom, boom. Let, let's yeah. make it happen. Yeah, the practical speaker. What else do you have for us? But let's go as practical speaker. But I love, and here, you, you ever want to do speaking, especially everybody's on Zoom calls and stuff like that? That guy, you can't see him. There's a very good looking man sitting right over there. His voice is so much better than mine. I might be a better speaker, but I don't know. I, yeah. I, but he, he's got a great voice. When I started, especially on the Zoom calls, I would make my daughter sit in the room with me because I've watched him more than I watch you. Mm -hmm. When he laughs, I'm good. And then you see me, I'm starting to get ready. He's doing it right now. He's like, yeah, I was doing that. So, yeah. Right? So I could see that. And when I also saw him do what? You know what you did? He reached in his pocket, he pulled out his phone and he was checking a text. I'm like, okay, let's go talk about something else because we just bored him. So I know by looking at that one-on-one, -on -one, it's so hard when you're staring at a screen and you're like, I have no idea if I'm relating to somebody or not. So I put a live person in the room. My daughter, I'm like, you're home from school from COVID. Guess what? Park it over there. And when I, when I say something and I make a little comment and she laughs, I'm like, all right, I'm going to ride that. Do you do that almost every time you speak? Do you look for at least one friendly whether you bring them and plant them or whether you get there early the way you used to when you were a, a teacher at the university and befriend one or two people so that you know you always have two friendlies in the audience that you can speak more one-on-one -on -one with? Um, do I always do that? Not anymore. Okay. It, it, if I can, that's wonderful. But that's the challenge of it. That's why I love it. I, people go, are you nervous before you speak? I'm like, every time, mm -hmm. every time. I said, you know when I get nervous? When I'm not nervous. 
So I like to go in. I know I keep, I'm dabbing. Why? I'm yeah. nervous for you people. Okay. That's where I am. But I'm always nervous. But I think that makes me, puts me on my game because now I know I'm fighting for your attention. Instead, if I'm not nervous, I'm like, ah, they already like, they're friendly. They're, they, they're going to smile anyway. Oh no. I want the person I've never met before to smile yeah. and to be my friendly. But, and this I learned, and, and I, I, I got this one from a Mark Marin. Do you know who Mark Marin is? I know. I know Mark Marrow, the wrestler. No, but I don't know Mark Marin. Ooh, all right, brother. Here we go. Okay, so no, Mark Marin is a, a comedian, and he has one of the top podcasts. It's called WTF. So oh. we're, we're 18 plus. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Okay, go ahead. You know, so you know who that is. No, but I always wanted to have a radio show called WTF Radio. Okay. So, well, so someone else beat me to it, obviously. He did. Okay. So, and he's been in movies and now he's got some TV shows because he's rebirth again. He, he like fell down for a while. Nobody knew who he was and now he's, he's big again. But I'd love to listen to, he doesn't do a, um, it's not a sticky podcast. It's not one that says, hey, let me do a joke. Let me do a joke. He interviews other comedians and they talk about their experiences in front of audiences. So I think it's wonderful as a speaker. I listen to that technical way. How can I learn from what they're saying? Because they're the ones who also do it. And what, what he said once, he goes, early in my career, and I've changed it, you stand up on that stage or in front of that room, and you always got that one guy or that one woman mm -hmm. who's just sitting there the whole time like this. I hate you. You know, you, 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 know, you know that person, right? And early in my career, I'm like, I'm going to make you love me. So I would blow off everybody else in the room and talk to that one person to make that person love me. What an idiot I was. You know what? Hey, sorry, you're going to have a lousy hour, but I'm going to talk to my 99 friends over here and you're, you know, enjoy your Fiji water, okay? Yeah. <laughs> Fiji water, it's good for the soul, right? <laughs> I mean, you do what you want to do. But I used to, I'm going to fight for that person. Now I'm like, that's their problem, not my problem. And I talk to everybody else. And nine times out of 10, that person will come up to me afterwards and say, that was great. <laughs> and you're like, I would have never known it. I would have never known it. I had this one woman. I, it, she, I said, I'm sorry, I didn't really connect with you there. I was hoping that she goes, I thought that was awesome. I'm like, really? She goes, sorry, I have RBF. Okay, so do you know what oh, RBF yes, is? Yeah, yes, okay, so yeah. she goes, I got RBF. I'm like, oh, she goes, because I thought that was great. So stop putting these negative thoughts in your head when you're standing up in front of an audience thinking, I'm looking at that. I, when somebody laughs, I know I got them. But if they're not laughing, that doesn't mean that they're not with you. If they're, if they're not, if they're looking at their phone or something, yeah, they might not be with you. But if they're, I mean, they can be look miserable, but they're still looking at you, which means, you know what? They're engaged. And we interpret that as negative if they're not smiling. What's your preference when the audience is looking down on their phone? Oh, I call them out. Do you? I bust chops. Yeah. There is so, you can get away with so much with humor. So, I mean, the line that I just use all the time, I'll see that one person's on their phone. I'm like, oh my God, he loves this so much. He's tweeting how good my presentation is right now, <laughs> okay. right? And then all of a sudden they go, yeah, yeah I was doing that, right? And they, they throw the phone down and they sit up. And now what happens? Everybody else in the room is going, uh, he's going to bust me if I do something wrong. So I do that all the time. Another one, I, I, I learned this one out in Las Vegas. I was speaking at Mandalay Bay. I'm, I'm going to tell you, this was probably uh, definitely in the, it might be in the 2009 okay. eight category. Okay. The, the like company I was- Post meltdown. Like middle meltdown. Okay. Yeah. So, and, and the company that I was talking for no longer exists. And that, that's just what happens. 
And I was doing mortgage insurance at the time. And there was one person. Yes, you have a question. Yeah, I mean, we had 300 people in the audience. It was really neat. It was like a movie theater kind of thing. So the big screen behind me. And uh, I hate MI. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, so what I would like to talk to you about today, I still hate MI. And like five times how much he hates my product, which I'm not even talking about. And you know what happened? Every other person in that room turned on him. They didn't turn on me. See, we all got taught something when we were little kids. What happens when we're bringing in a special guest into first grade? What's ha what happens, children? Oh, we sit down, we cross our legs, we shut our mouths, and we only raise our hand if we want to be you, spoken to. You be on your best behavior. <laughs> Let's make them feel welcome and special, right? I mean, yeah. that's what they taste. So all of a sudden, I'm there. That entire room turned on him and supported me better than any room's ever supported me in the past. So when people start to get tough with me, I'm like, bring it, because everybody else there is going to have your back. And it's so funny because we think, oh my gosh, I got that one negative. I bet you everybody else is negative. No, they know. They're like, this guy's standing up. With this. I hate public speaking. You hate public speaking. This guy's doing it, and you're going to give him a hard time? So they, will, they understand what you're going through, and they will respond positively if someone is being negative to you. So let, let's do this now. Yes, so sir. we picked the brain of Steve Richmond, the public speaker. Slim Pickens. Okay, hey, we're gonna keep picking. We've we've picked your brain, Steve Richmond, the mortgage professional, right? You are a mortgage professional. I that indeed. is the space that 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 you have dedicated your life to for the past twenty plus years, right? Ninety six. Since nineteen ninety six, that's twenty five years. Well, a quarter century. See, we're, we're we're a mortgage. We, we're yes. pretty good at math. We yes. can go from twenty twenty one to ninety six. That's just some quick like math. That. It's funny, yeah, baby. I, I can do that math. I can't do you have no idea algebra. How, oh. I can't do eighth grade algebra. Could, couldn't do it. I thought you were going to say, I have no idea how long I've been married to my wife, but I know years. you were doing that, right? 19, 19 years. It'll be years. 20 in July. July of 2022 will make 20 years. Um, I think we're going to head up to uh, Vermont, New Hampshire, and Maine. Really? Yeah. July, Vermont. Yeah, it sounds like a good time. Good eating, good, better weather than Florida is in July. So uh, yeah, it'll be 20 years. So that math I do know. Although I did text my sister-in-law. I know her birthday is October 20th, which happens to be today, that we're, we're, we're taping this on October 20th. Happy birthday yeah. to you. Yeah, happy birthday, Melissa. But I texted her on October 18th, legitimately thinking it was her birthday because she was out celebrating. The girls had gone and done, done spa day to celebrate her milestone occasion. And for whatever reason, I didn't look at my watch to see what day it was. So I screwed that up, but I didn't screw up my anniversaries. A uh, total rabbit hole there, but no, what but I was, I'm, and I'm going to stay in that rabbit hole. Okay. You, and especially at, at the age of the group and everybody that we're talking, here's two things that you got to do with birthdays. Number one, never wish somebody happy birthday on Facebook. Uh, high five, high, high five. Don't Thank do it. You. Thank you. You know what you do? You, you see it on Facebook, and then you text or you call them, and you say, "We're more than just Facebook friends. We're real friends." Uh, that is, um, as if you and I had. We've never talked about this before. Nope. I purposely have pulled my birthday off of Facebook. I've watched one of my best friends passed away of an Oxycontin overdose about 10 years ago. Three years after his death, people were wishing him birthday, like happy birthday Oh, on I see that. It's, it's horrible. Like, yeah, well, you're really good friends with him. I'm like, I'm like I see it all the time. Yeah, homeboy passed away three years ago. Um, and... That, so yeah, I never wanted someone to wish me happy birthday if you didn't know me. If you don't know me well enough to actually send me a text message because you don't have my cell phone number, then like you don't have to call me. I'm cool. 
I, I, I appreciate, I do little gifts. I, I go on, I text and I find a little happy dance or, you know, something that says happy birthday. Oh, I thought you said gift. Gifts. I, 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 like, I like a gift, baby. I, I want a big gift. I don't want little gifts. No, I want no, a big no, gift. no. I'm All sorry. Right. I'm, I'm, there you go, I'm, man. I'm talking gifts. Okay, gifts. I, I know. I, got I never you. know if they're gifts or gifts. But no. So what I was getting at is we've we picked a brand about about. But, your... but I, wanted, I got one other thing on the oh, birthday. Oh yeah, go remember ahead. I said right. two. Yeah, you did. So you gotta have the recall when you're the speaker and and, <laughs> and keep your outline even though it's not listed there. The second thing, do this. People will love you for it. You want a relationship when you text them happy birthday on their birthday or whatever or call them. Then the next day, text them again and say, I know it's not your birthday, but you're still special. Oh, or wow. something like that, right? Yes. I, I, I know your birthday was yesterday, but you're still important today. And it's like, oh my, I, I started, I'll be honest, how did I learn that one? I started doing that with my wife. I would say, hey, I know our anniversary was yesterday, but I still love you today. And she was just like, that is so nice. And I'm like, Share it, baby. Go, you know, hey, if it works for her. I mean, look, she's been here since hanging with me since 1988. There's something wrong with that woman, right? I mean, she's she's got some <laughs> she serious, is special. Yes. She, right? She's she got some is serious special. issues. So, um, God bless her. So, but I learned that just by saying, hey, because everybody says you're great on your birthday. Mm -hmm. Who tells you the day after your birthday that you're still great? So all of a sudden, it's like made that connection. See, I try telling my wife that's every reason why we do not need to celebrate Valentine's Day. I don't need one day to tell you I love you. Let me tell you I love you every day. We do that. We don't do I say everything is married to me is like Valentine's Day. And then I'll say the next thing. Hey, it's the thought that counts. And I was thinking of getting you flowers today. Yes. But I didn't do it. But it's yeah. the thought that counts. Like, at least I thought it. And I'm all good. So I'm sorry. So, no. Yep. No. So, so let's do this because because we, we've hit two of the silos I wanted to hit. We talked about public speaking. We, we talked about the the advice you're giving to the mortgage professionals right now. Um, and you have access to hundreds, if not thousands of mortgage professionals who look to you for for some kind of practical wisdom. Mm -hmm. um, how about Steve the dad? What advice have you doled out to Steve the dad that you look back as Steve the dad to your daughter? Um, and son. And son. Both adults now, right? Uh, son's 25. Daughter will be... 17 okay in December. so a young adult and a full-blown adult right um <laughs> <laughs> that's on the full-blown one that's on the son not on the daughter oh uh, you know the the male brain doesn't actually fully develop until like age 26 so he still has another year to go there he's you go. still developing yeah i, I have to remind my Amen wife that, that. All, all the time about our 16 year old son i'm like hey honey his brain's still like a decade away from being fully developed let's cut him a little bit of slack he's a great kid and let's let's remind ourselves of that but no, I, I'm curious because something that we do like to lean into is like everything you should have learned in high school but didn't. So I, as a parent, have taken those, those things that I wish were taught to me and I make sure that I, I give that advice to my children. And your children very much make up the audience, right? They are the demographic we're trying to talk to. For the most part, you and I are set in our ways and kind of, you know, halfway through our careers. Our children are, they're the future of our country, the future of our industry. What's one or two things that you've made sure that you always told them as they develop from young adult to adult and so on? The definition of maturity, you know what it is? No. Knowing when you can be immature. That's what it is. Hey, you should be immature, be goofy, dance. I say to my kid, that's the definition of maturity, knowing when it's okay to be immature. And then I say, it's, it's awesome to do stupid things because we're going to do, just don't do stupid and permanent things. Stupid things are fine. Just make sure it's not stupid and permanent. Yeah, right? I had one more. Make sure you learn from it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but do something silly. Oh, oh man, I, I it was two in the morning. I decided I wanted to go to Atlantic. Go, 
do something stupid or whatever. Just now, don't drink and drive. And then because yes. now we're leading into the permanent part, right? Yeah. But it's okay to do something that's stupid. It's okay to have fun. Um, and the other one is stop being so mean to yourself, to everybody. It, 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 I call, I do, I have my uh, four golden rules, right? Because the golden rules do unto others as they do unto you. One of them is um, do unto yourself as you do unto others. How nice are you to other people? Oh, I hold the door for other people. And I, oh, can I get you a water? And, and when we look at ourselves, it's like, I lost my keys. I'm the biggest idiot. Oh my God, I'm, I'm a moron. We've all, I mean, out loud, we're expressing to the world what an idiot I am. I'm like, no, be as nice. Treat yourself like a customer. Be as nice to yourself. I love this. And all of a sudden it's like, yeah, well, why would you be, why would you be nicer to him than you? To you? So is that, no, look at him smiling over there because he ain't that nice to me. So, you know, that's the way that works. Is that one of your four golden rules? Like what are, what are yes. the other, so what are the other three? So do unto others as, um, as you would have them do unto yep. you. That's sort of silly because I, I, I don't really agree with that. I, I, I take it to the, what I call the platinum rule. It's what? It's do unto others as they wish to be done unto. Mm-hmm. And I learned that real quick because guess what? I, I'm a lot. Okay. I'm a lot to handle. I, and I, you know how many cups of coffee I had today? Zero. I mean, I called you at God knows what time last night and we were out there and having fun. And da, da, da. I wake, I wake up like this, <laughs> which is really scary. So but I have to tone it down mm-hmm. because if I walk into an office, I'm like, Hey, how you doing? They're like, Oh, oh stop. And I'm like, do unto others as they wish to be done on too. It's not what I want. It's what they want. Yeah. I, I hopped off a phone call with a big recruit last week. Um, and I hung up and I called one of our, one of our sales managers and he's like, Hey, how'd it go? Blah, blah, blah. And I said, I didn't do the best job of mirroring. He was like, what do you mean? I go, well, I'm high energy. Like, like you are Steve. And this guy was like laid back, chill, kind of beach bummy type, you know? And I, I think I, I, I might've overdid it. I might've just a hundred miles an hour, just ran at him where what I should have done is like, you know, skipped and strolled and strutted and always kept myself like right behind the pendulum on the back side of it, not on the front side or not leading it. So, um, the other one, the yes. other rule is do one to others. No, do for others. Don't do on to anybody do for somebody. So I, I, I'm a big believer and some say it's paying it forward or this, that, or the other, but you make somebody else's day that makes your day. Yeah. Every time do for others. I love this. Um, I know you have a, flight to catch. Yes. Um, I know we're probably running a little bit long on the show, dude. I'm so appreciative. You and I've been trying to do this for like the past four well, or five it, months. It only trying took to us, find, yeah. yeah. Let's go to California <laughs> and not even plan it and say, Hey, I mean, my luggage is, my luggage is right over there. Yeah. So I, I would have loved to go up to Raleigh. I would have loved to gotten to North Carolina. Right. Uh, but Hey, it worked out this, uh, if people want to find you, what's the best way for someone to find you? So many. We're, we're all social media people. I mean, I am Steve Richmond, and there's Mortgage Mischief with Steve is actually on a Facebook that, okay. that's sitting there. And it's, by the way, it's Rich Man. I'm yeah. not from Virginia. It's, yeah. it's what our goal is, baby. R-I-C-H-M-A-N. So you do that. Yes, I'm on LinkedIn. You, you called it um, the YouTube earlier. Yes. I was going to bust your chops. So I'm <laughs> like, okay, it's not the Facebook. It's Facebook. Okay, so They're changing it's, it's the name. YouTube. That's They're, right. And, and Facebook may be changing their name. So then we have to like rebrand. You never know. Yep. So, um, oh, so on YouTube, literally, if you want to go and if you type in Steve Richmond mortgage, you're everywhere. 
people, I, I never even know, but as I'm speaking, I just see these cameras. I don't know that they're even recording me. I thought they were just like, you know, bored and were looking at their phones. No, they were recording. So I'm all over there. Um, and it's uh, S. Richmond, Steve Richmond, yep. S. Richmond at VanDykeMortgage.com. And there is no E in Van Dyke. So V-A-N-D-Y-K. Right. Dot com. Van Dyke Mortgage. Oh, mortgage. And mortgage has a T in it. I, I, and mortgage has I a T. I was going, in it. I'm like, no E and no, and there is a T. So that's it. Yeah. yeah. Well, for, for 14 years, I've had to tell people D Owen at Water Stone Mortgage. Mortgage is spelled M O R T G A G E dot com. And still today, I almost want to text Eric Egenhofer, who founded Waterstone Mortgage. And I want to like text him, WTF, why couldn't we have just been like W? tm.com like like why do we have to do water stone mortgage all spelled out like that had to be an easier way right, but we, we are definitely brothers from other mothers <laughs> because right now i'm like van dyke mortgage how about vdm yes what's easier than yes. vdm yeah that was yeah yeah w wsm water stone mortgage wsm right I, but nonetheless i'm on the branding that, team right and so i'm always trying something yeah i, I think it's too late now because both companies have been well established and people know how to get a hold of everyone by using that particular handle for sure so you're stuck with your email address i'm stuck with my email address our audience they're not stuck with us anymore unless they want to come back and listen to us or view us maybe they want to find us on social because we are on the facebook we are on the linkedin i also call it the google uh, but uh, it is at the Loan Officer Podcast, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. And that LinkedIn. is why you are the old guy. So yeah, yes. there we go. We just yes. that and I there. am Dustin Owen on LinkedIn. I'm pretty easy to find. And I'm Steve, Steve Richmond. He's Steve Richmond, R-I-C-H-M-A-N. Steve, thank you for your time. Thank you. Uh, audience, that's all the time we have for you today, but we'll catch you on the next episode. Thank you for sharing us. Thank you for liking us. And enjoy the rest of your day. Peace. Cheers. Cheers.